0: Hi, I'm Dr. Shen, a licensed clinical psychologist, board-certified behavioral sleep medicine specialist, and adjunct clinical faculty at Stanford School of Medicine. Welcome to Deep Into Sleep podcast. So many people ask me they what they should do when they have jet lags. Well, do you know actually light can help you? In 2016, some researchers at Stanford found that exposing people to short flashes of light while they are sleeping could provide a fast and efficient method of preventing jet lag. For example, if you are gonna fly from California to New York tomorrow, then tonight you can try this method. What you can do is to see when you plan to wake up. If you plan to wake up at 8 a.m. to catch up the flight, then you can set the flashing light to go off at 5 a.m. Then when you get to New York, your biological system is already in the process of shifting to East Coast time. Very cool, right? So today I will continue my conversation with Robert Solar, a former NASA engineer on circadian lighting, a National Science Foundation fellow, and the founder of Bios Lighting. So how can light help you cope with jet lags? Let's find out more after the break. Do you struggle with falling asleep at night? After waking up, are you so sleepy that you cannot focus? Are you tired of drinking coffee all day long? Are you worried how your poor sleep may harm your health? CBTI method is an evidence-based first-line treatment for insomnia. If you have insomnia, I'm sure this method can help you. Even just sleep better for just several nights, it possibly could be such a transforming experience for you. I have had so much success with my own CBTI insomnia treatment course over the years. If you need it, check it out here at deepintosleep.co insomnia. Welcome, Robert, to Deep Into Sleep podcast.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: So you mentioned the jet lag and social jet lag. I just want to touch on that topic a little bit because I know I have a lot of audience, I have a lot of patients asking about jet lag. And all they can think about is, do I need melatonin, right? And nowadays I think, well, I, I handle a lot of patients with insomnia. People really want a quick fix. They're like, let me yep, eat right. something so I can sleep uh, or I can you know, adjust my uh, time zone difference very quickly. But I think light could be a very important component and possibly even stronger and more efficient than any of the melatonin stuff you're eating and healthier possibly. So what do you think about light and the gel led?
1: Yeah, I mean, that's what we did with um, the... Dodgers and um, the Olympic ski and snowboard team. I mean, it's really just about putting, moving the light signal. So it, it, this light replicates, you know, the 24 hour signal and then it could do it at this time zone and then it could go to a different time zone. Um, and so that's, that's really what, what jet lag is, is that your body and what's going on outside are out of phase with one another. So after a couple of days, usually NASA criteria is one hour per day. So you could move one time zone hour per day um, with light. If you're really good about it, you could get up to three hours, but you have to know exactly where you are on the phase response curve um, in order to to get it precise like that. Really what you're doing on jet lag is you're just putting them on the time zone that you're going to, or somewhere in between. So like if a good example is like if Los Angeles here. To London, I think that that's um, that's roughly six hour time difference. So you can six hours is way too much to do. but if you put them on New York time, and that's three hours, and you could you could get them to shift before they go um and then put them on London time and kind of get them to start because once you have a such a drastic change, like six hours, it's hard for, you know, for your body to, you're just exhausted and you don't know how to to cope with it at all. So it's a lot of times to kind of have a pre-shift to push them over. And in the same way with kind of some of the insomnia patients, it's probably that their rhythm is so out of phase from whatever they're doing, you know, nightlife or, you know, personal choices of, of things um, that's put their circadian phase. And now all of a sudden they want to just jump right back to, time zone that's right now even though they've kind of living a lifestyle that puts them on a different time zone but with that i think is what what's really interesting that there are all these like evolutionary like alerting signals that go with our circadian rhythms um so at the end of our night there's this thing called a wake maintenance zone that is kind of the no sleep zone you cannot sleep during this time um and it was really designed so for the end of the day That's like, you know, evolutionary speaking before, you know, before we had electric lights, that was a scary time for us. That was the the moment when the sun goes down. That's the moment when you go from being predator to being prey. It was really important to get our stuff done to find find safety and, you know, survive to the next day. Um, So there's this boost of energy. It's not just like physiological energy. It's neurobiological energy too. We're actually smarter, more creative at this time. It's all designed for survival. And so if you're trying to sleep at this time and if you've inadvertently, you know, it's all circadian. So if you've inadvertently shifted this over to the time that you totally know that you have to sleep, but you're wide awake and you have no idea why, you just know it's really frustrating that you're having this boost of alertness at this time that's really inconvenient and they come to you saying, I just need a pill to get to stop that, right? But light is absolutely the thing that'll shift your your rhythm over. And you just got to make sure that it's in phase with your local time zone and what your social requirements are. And then the other side of it is the cortisol awakening response. So that's for those who wake up every day without an alarm clock. At the same time, it's that cortisol that wakes you up and kind of gets you out of that sleep inertia, that whole sleep phase. For people who want to sleep in, it's really hard to sleep in past that cortisol awakening response. So you have these two kind of really big alertness pillars that bound sleep. And if you've inadvertently shifted it and you're trying to sleep through any one of those, it's really difficult to sleep. So I think that circadian rhythms, circadian hygiene is so critical. um, And light is by far the number one way to shift it. Melatonin is okay. But I think that really what most people don't understand is that you're not supposed to take it right before you go to bed. You're supposed to take it like hours before if you're really going to do some shifting.
0: Yeah. Or even five hours before. Sometimes we ask people to take melatonin, very small dosage, four to five hours before bedtime to really be able to shift. Circadian rhythm really depends on what's the purpose and what works for them.
1: That's right. That's right.
0: Yeah. So let me understand. For the light and the jet lag, sounds like you know, if we are here, uh, we use this light and uh, we set it up in a certain way based on our natural circadian rhythm. Possibly in the morning time or during daytime, it's stronger. At night, it should be fade away or into mm-hmm. different wavelengths of lights. So if okay. we're gonna travel, for example, I travel to China, and it's totally the opposite end of the earth. So um, especially if we from Asian country travel back to America, that's the most painful time. Mm-hmm. And so if we do that, sounds like before we go to the other country, we could set up some kind of light with us, like to the new time zone. So once that's we right. land in the two, the new place, we're going to try to have this lighting, uh, lighting system within the house, at least to the new time zone. So that can That's help right. us adjust adjust the jet lag as quickly as possible.
1: That's right. That's exactly how it works. Yep.
0: Wow. Okay. So light can be very strong cue huh, to, to our sleep. Uh, I remember in the past, when we talk about people with sleep difficulties and travel, we sometimes say, you know, if you travel to the new place and it's it's daytime, but in your old In your own hometown, it's supposed to be nighttime, then maybe consider wearing a sunglass, block some of the sunlight in the new place and to slowly adjust to it. So I don't know whether that's a good suggestion or because we're supposed to adjust to the new place, circadian rhythm and lightning system as soon as possible. What do you think about that?
1: If you're trying to um, shift rhythms quickly. Sometimes what happens that, that's a little bit challenging is the rhythm could go one of two ways. So when you make a big shift, that's the the thing that you might catch yourself in is that it doesn't know if it wants to delay mm-hmm. or advance. Mm-hmm. Um, so when it sees big shifts, like, you know, 9, 10, 11, 12 hours, and it's like literally in the middle of your night, your circadian rhythm might be confused as to which way it could go so right. sometimes it is really important to try to like pace you know mm-hmm. make smaller steps so if if you are in that world um then it does make sense to like have glasses that sometimes so that it it tells your circadian rhythm which way to go if mm-hmm. that makes sense yeah and so our internal clock is a little bit longer than 24 hours the average is about 24.2 Mm -hmm. Um, So it is a lot easier to um, stay up late than it is to go to bed early. So if you kind of think about that as you as you kind of go, it is easier to delay your clock than to advance your clock, Mm -hmm. which is, I guess, that is westward travel is delaying your clock is easier to do than eastward travel. And Mm -hmm. that's what you're saying. Going to China is easier because Mm -hmm. it's easier to stay up later. Than it is to come back, which involves waking up earlier.
0: Hmm. Hmm. Oh, I see. Yeah. So there's a lot of science behind the lightning and how that impacts your sleep, and really think about understand all this knowledge can help us really understand what we can do to our environment, to our own like you know uh, sleep habits to schedule it and to use certain things to help us like the the light you designed, Sounds like a lot of tools uh, like that with a scientific background could really help us to adjust ourselves.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
0: Mm -hmm. Great, Uh, I'm really excited about this light. Uh, Have you ever thought about, you know, uh, like I have smart home for example, And but of course, the light I'm using in my smart home, possibly it's not this scientific, you know, (laughs) it's changed colors, but I don't think it's really changed those wavelengths dramatically. So will your light eventually be available in like to be installed in the smart home in other format?
1: Absolutely. Yes. uh, So it will be everywhere. I mean, my goal is to be everywhere. I think that. um, we've kind of been the first to to kind of explore this world, um, the idea of light beyond what you see. Mm. I think that there, there's, um, the applications are endless as, as we think about it. I I mean, I think, you know, smart homes are are phenomenal places for it. I think schools, as we talk about eye health, mm. right, I know you know this, but specifically in Asia, myopia is such a big deal. Mm. I think that they talk about global population, uh, 50% of the global population will be myopic. Uh, myopic, for those who are listening, means nearsightedness. Um, and people have always thought it's, it's just because you have things that are near um, to your eyes and so your eyes are developing that way. Um, but we've actually have some data showing that even if you put stuff, um, you could you could use uh, animal models to kind of make things closer, to make things, them myo- myopic, but giving them the right light can do two things. One, it could make it less myopic so it could um, have some preventative outcomes. And two, it could make them, you know, their eye vision go back to normal. So I think that there's some really interesting applications there for schools. Um, Residential obviously makes a ton of sense, Uh, especially from work from home. I think that that's the biggest thing that's going on is people are working and living in the same place and the lights are gonna be exactly the same. And that is like the definition of like the worst possible thing that you can possibly do. So having lights that could change throughout the day um, and give you a sense of day and night, even though everything is the same, is probably something that no one even thinks about. So we we need to give it a little bit more, more thought, obviously.
0: Yeah, yeah. I really admire your work and I think it's very important to really help more and more to understand, because before I talked to you, I never really thought about this um, light beyond what we can see. And I thought what we see and all this technology nowadays already uh, good enough, possibly, but I never really think deeper. That's that's the thing, you, you know, when you don't know the science behind, you just uh, won't guide yourself well enough.
1: Yeah, and I, I think we as you're not alone. I, <laughs> I, know, I try to tell everybody, and uh, and uh, it just goes over everybody's head. Everyone takes light for granted, they just see, think it's just what you can see.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, great. Well, if um, our audience are very curious about uh, your product, this light, and uh, more of your work, uh, where can they find you?
1: So uh, me on LinkedIn, uh, Robert Soler, S-O-L-E-R, um, and the product is skyviewlight.com. So that's S K Y V I E W L I G H L-I-G-H-T.com.
0: Okay. And also for the uh, research paper you mentioned, or if you have multiple papers, Uh, maybe you can send the link to me later. I can link that in the show notes. So whoever listening and interested in reading more about this great research can, you know, um, find it and understand more about the science behind it. Perfect. Yeah. 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 Thank you so much, Robert, for uh, explaining all this with us. And I learned something new today. I hope whoever listening and watching feel the same way too. Thank you.
1: Thank you for your time.
0: Thank you for listening. If you like my podcast, please feel free to go to Apple Podcasts, leave a review and rate us. Also, I have two English YouTube channels. One called Deep Into Sleep Podcast. The other one is about mental health in general. It's called Mind Body Garden Psychology. If you like video format, please feel free to subscribe us on YouTube. Thank you for listening. I'm Dr. Shan. I will see you next time. Bye. Sleep is an individual thing. We all sleep differently. And there is so much we can do to improve sleep quality. Keep hope and carry on. This podcast is for general informational purpose only and does not include the practice of medicine or other health professional services. Usage of the information we share is at the listener's own risk and our content does not intend to be a substitute for any medical and professional services, diagnoses, and treatment. Please seek professional health services as needed.